This is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona, this is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. That's why this audience is gonna have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. In studio for the first time, House Oversight Committee James Comer. Great to see you. How are you? Great. Um, first, I gotta I gotta give you a lot of applause because you have been unrelenting in your pursuit. It's not been easy to get those suspicious activity reports. It's not been easy to get the FBI director to give you the 1023 form. It's not been easy to get these whistleblowers convince them. Uh, victims of retribution to come talk to your your committee and others. Yeah, well, and remember with the suspicious activity reports, one reason they blocked us early on, Sean, they said, well, there's nothing to see here. You, you won't find anything. Well, here's what we found when we gained access to the suspicious activity reports on the Bidens. We found that uh, the president did uh, have transactions that went to his family members while he was vice president. That was something the media said never happened. They always said the the wire transfers happened after he left office. We proved that they happened while he was vice president, and we proved that nine Biden family members were a part of the influence peddling scheme, not just the president's son and his And they brother. were funneling this money through LLCs. They were funneling through LLCs. We knew about several LLCs, but when we got access to Treasury, we found more LLCs. So we found more shell accounts, more bank accounts, and more Bidens who were involved in the influence peddling scheme. Now, today, we've requested more information. We're going to request more suspicious activity reports relating to Burisma. Now, I read today that Burisma money was funneled to China and then returned to the Bidens in the form of, quote, loans. Mm -hmm. um, is that to avoid taxes? Is that a forgivable loan with no interest, like we had heard might have happened with $5 million? Do we know anything about that? All we know is in the Form 1020, the FBI Form 1020, the, the 1020 or 1023? 1023. Okay. The oligarch bragged that investigators, it would take 10 years to find all the different transactions that they oh. uh, gay that they used to launder the money to the Bidens. So we think they used uh, through loans. We think they transferred through other countries. We think they transferred through stocks. Uh, we requested stock accounts in addition to bank accounts. So we're, we're going through this, but we also have information that would lead us to believe there's information in suspicious activity reports where banks realized what was going on. They, they are pretty cat quick to catch money laundering. And that's what all the banks did in the previous suspicious activity reports. They detected money But these are LLCs laundering. that were not legitimate businesses. Right. They and were the there to receive money and redistribute money. Absolutely. Fair statement? And when you set up a bunch of shell companies for the sole purpose of laundering money, that's called racketeering. The banks knew exactly what the Bidens were doing. That's why they filed so many suspicious activity reports against the Bidens. What we're requesting now are suspicious activity reports relating to anyone that was involved in Burisma because we believe this will help us track the $10 million that the oligarch said he sent to both Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. So you're the chairman of the very powerful and important House Government Reform Oversight Committee. Now, uh, what do you make of these WhatsApp messages? The Bidens are the best I know at doing exactly what the chairman wants from this partnership. Now, that's a message from Hunter 
uh, to this Chinese energy company uh, chairman that he's talking about. And they ended up getting, you know, what, a week after that, that WhatsApp exchange, $5 million? Less than a week. It, it shows that this president's compromised. That's why we're investigating Joe Biden. We believe there's a reason that his family's received millions and millions of dollars from our adversaries, including China. We believe that he's compromised, and we believe that answers some of the questions as to why he has energy policy that puts America last and China first. This family's taken too much money from too many of our adversaries around the world for Joe Biden not to have to repay them in the form of bad policy. Okay, we have six whistleblowers going before the House Ways and Means Committee, and you're, you're in touch yes, with all of absolutely. this. Absolutely. Okay. What do you make of this other WhatsApp message? I'm sitting here with my father, and we would like to understand why the commitment made has not been fulfilled. Tell the director that I would like to resolve this now before it gets out of hand, and now means tonight. He's like doing, I want to say, as Vito Corleone, <laughs> that if this is not resolved tonight, I will do what I have to do. Yeah. Uh, and he goes on and he says, and Z, if I get a call or text from anyone other than you, Zhang, or the chairman, I will make certain that between the man sitting next to me, Joe Biden, and every person he knows, and my ability to forever hold the grudge that you will regret not following my direction. I am waiting. I am sitting here waiting for the call with my father. Mm -hmm. Well, that would be a direct implication of Pops, who's also implicated in the, in the laptop, has given half his income to. Right. Well, what we're going to see at this play out in the House Oversight Committee is that Joe Biden set up all of these deals initially. He was not only... Uh, not only did he know about them, he was a central figure in them. There's no way China's going to send $5 million to Hunter Biden because he threatened him in a text message. It's because Joe Biden had met with him first and he had promised him things. He'd either already delivered and wanted the payment or he was going to deliver. And the whole business model that China was using the Bidens for was to be able to take Chinese money and start buying as many industries and as many businesses in America as they could because there were barriers had, to entry. Hunter had no experience None. in energy. No. None. None. And it wasn't just energy. It was anything they could invest in because there are barriers to entry for China. We don't want China taking over important industries in America. They were using the Bidens what to navigate the, the, the bureaucracy. What did the chairman expect from the Bidens? I'm sorry? What did the, what did the chairman that the, they're kissing the ass of want from the Bidens? They expected complete loyalty and they expected them to deliver on the, on the money that they had paid them. They want access to the government at the highest levels. Chairman Comer, great to see you in the studio. Appreciate it. Thank you for distract from the IRS so they wouldn't have to pay taxes on it. And that's exactly what the IRS whistleblowers allege uh, in the transcribed interview with the Ways and Means Committee, that uh, the Biden family never paid money on any of these wires that came into these shell companies. Uh, Congressman, uh, I'm not worried about the wires. I'm not worried about the taxes. What I'm worried about is, you know, what's going on in our country. Right. Is some of the favors they got in cash, uh, are they paying it back in some way? I fear that they are, uh, and that's what we're looking at. Uh, we have six specific policy decisions, four of which were made while Joe Biden was president uh, early on, that we can't come to any other conclusion as to why these decisions were made other than the fact that this president is compromised. This family's taken too much money from the Chinese Communist Party not to uh, – completely join the majority of Americans in trying to oppose uh, the Chinese Communist Party's attempt to 
take over certain industries in America. So we're going to continue to be transparent with the American people about what we found with respect to uh, potential wrongdoing by this administration through the fact that they're compromised. That's that's what I'm worried about, that they're compromised and they're doing favors for other countries because the amount of money flowing in from other countries one way or another, mm-hmm. and we've talked about it in many ways, foreign money. Okay, Thursday, 29 June, in the year of our Lord, 2023. I've asked Mike Davis to join me. we got a lot to go through. We obviously had uh, Dr. Carol Swain on earlier. We are. Um, we need to talk about the affirmative action, a massive ruling from the Supreme Court today, the implications of that. We're also going to ask him about, uh, Mike's been tweeting out about this roll-up of Catholic priest uh, by the FBI Justice Department. Uh, but i got to start with, Look, I, I've been hard on Comer, and here's why, Mike. And you got to help me out because I respect your opinion. Um, the, the it's the it's tomorrow's the last day of the first half of 2023, okay? And you got Comer, and he's saying he's saying you know we got six specific areas, four vice president. We got this, uh, you know we're 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 really. And Handy says it hasn't been easy. You haven't been getting the stuff. All of a sudden. They're running around. They're in Hannity in a live studio. He's on John Katzenmatiz. That was the great John Katzenmatiz, the kind of the practical businessman, New York City billionaire, who said, hey, it's not about the taxes, brother. It's about the compromise. Have they been aggressive enough? I mean, we're sitting here halfway through the one year you're supposed to be able to do everything because next year is an election year on these investigations, and it doesn't seem like they've staffed out. It doesn't seem – and by the way, I even avoided having – because for time constraints – on Hannity to also, I think they had uh, uh, McCarthy and 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 uh, and Jordan out there in Ohio somewhere, and they had them together on the thing. And and, and McCarthy saying, "Yeah, we're going to take it where it goes, and we're going to get you know." Isn't this just been more aggressive because McCarthy had the blunder the other day, and Trump got all over him, and the MAGA got all over him, and now you're seeing all this activity. Their mediaites got one story, the Hills got one story. Oh, they're going to have multiple impeachment inquiries. Is this going down the path of people being serious about that, given the grievous information we've already seen, Mike Davis? Well, I'll tell you, Steve, we've talked about this quite a bit. I was a very, very loud and vocal critic of both uh, Kevin McCarthy and Jim Jordan for many years on the big tech fight. I was fiercely opposed to Kevin McCarthy becoming the Speaker of the House through all 15 rounds with you. Uh, I would say with Jordan that he... With, with Comer, I think Comer has been fantastic from day one. He has been, he was off to a running start and he has done a really, really good job on oversight from day one. I think Jim Jordan got off to a very slow and bumpy start, which is what we've been talking about for several months. And then he got serious and he uh, uh, started going after Alvin Bragg for Alvin Bragg's politicized indictment of President Trump. And so then Jim Jordan's gotten his sea legs under him. They've staffed out the weaponization committee. They've staffed out the uh, judiciary committee. They're starting to get points on the board. Uh, with Kevin McCarthy, whatever the reason is, uh, whether he, he was taking heat from, from the right or whatever the reason is, he's starting to get very serious about oversight. Now, it was off to a slow start for both McCarthy and Jordan, but I'll say they're starting to do some real oversight here, and they're starting to Bring in uh, the Jason Smith on the, the chairman of the House Ways and Means Committee. And between those three chairmen and Speaker McCarthy, I finally feel like 
they're starting to fire on all cylinders. They, they got up too slow, too slow of a start, they're, but they're starting to put points on the board. And I think what we need to do is support their efforts. We need to hold them accountable at every step of the way, but they're moving in the right direction and they are exposing that Joe Biden is compromised. That's what we've been saying for many months. They actually have the receipts now because of Comer's dogged oversight and my, working with my former boss, Senator Chuck Grassley, the Obi-Wan Kenobi of oversight to, to James Comer being Luke Skywalker. They're actually starting to, to do some serious work here. And look, let's, let's give them some running room right now because this is too important what they're doing. Okay. I take always take Mike Davis's uh, ad, advice in areas of this because I have been a little hard on these guys, particularly the last 48 hours. Help me out. You're a man of the Senate. You were instrumental in getting these guys, the, the justices approve a Herculean task, although sometimes we got to ask ourselves, was it worth the efforts on certain votes? You uh, have worked for Grassley, who's a non-lawyer who's the best oversight guy around, right? In judiciary. Chuck, um, oversight. It, Chuck, do what? I said Chuck Grassley is definitely the king of oversight, and he has been for decades. Here's here's the here's the the question: Is it is Comer? And you early on were saying you need subpoenas flying day one. They took over in late January. Should we? And I heard that what kind of got me rolling this morning was I heard that they were going to now go to Yellen and say she had to cough out the SARS reports because they can't see the SARS. They got to go over to Treasury, sit in a room take some notes, only limited notes can they take out, and then they got to leave. And he's talking today to subpoena them. Should we not, and if he can do it now, fine, but should we not demand from Treasury, from all of them, you got to subpoena, we got to get all the information now. No more, it's so, it's so piecemeal, right? And, yeah. and you have a whistleblower comes out, you get another piece of information. My frustration, it's the 30th of June. They're going to go on a six-week break in August. We're going to be back. It's going to be in the September. And then the budget fights are going to be enormous. And then four weeks after that, it's one year from the election day. And he, as you know, the mindset here changes. All going to focus on omnibus. All going to focus on the elections. Everybody's going to lock in. We've run out of runway. Not that these investigations can't take, but haven't we just burned so much daylight by not being aggressive enough on what Mike Davis told us day one? They should have had a thousand subpoenas and just dealt them out at the beginning, sir. They should have, but get, I'm hearing, look, part of one of the advantages of beating the hell out of these guys every day for months and months and months is they reach out to you and they want the beatings to stop, right? And so when, when I tell them the beatings will stop when the subpoenas fly, you're going to start seeing subpoenas fly. So I think that we're, okay. Okay. we're finally in a okay. good place with, uh, with. You're, you're, you're giving us, I got it. You're, you're telling the war and posse, hey, you've done your job to date. Let these guys get some runway. They got the message. Give it, have their back, and let them get on with it, right? And you're comfortable. They've started to staff up because that was the other big thing you used to tell me that they're look, they're going with the old the old staff guys are good, but they didn't have. I mean, when you look at the Democrats, they come in here, they get a, a, assistant U.S. attorneys, they get all these killers, they get researchers, they go to their vast network of NGOs and think tanks. I mean, J six, they have hundreds of people, right? They're not well, shy about staffing up, sir. What, when you're throwing rocks from the outside and they say, why don't you stop throwing rocks and come to the table and let us explain to you what we're going to do? I, I, I think people are going to be very impressed with what they're going to do. And Perfect. I have been a loud, obnoxious critic of these guys, and rightfully oh, so. Yeah. But you know what? As long as I don't look, I don't care if they're principled. I don't care if this is disingenuous. I don't care. As long as we get the results we want, 
I don't care. I don't. We're not canonizing saints when we elect these guys. These are politicians. Yeah. As long as we can get them to do what we want them to do, who gives a who gives a, a damn? Okay, okay. We'll we'll have that back as they roll. Hopefully, see some some big developments here. I'm sure we will because there's a lot of information out there. Obviously, historic day, uh, Mike. Given the disappointment and and quite frankly the shattering reality of what they did about the legislature, the state legislature, which I just think sets up a, a year of grind in front of us. Uh, talk to me today about the, uh, about the affirmative action vote. Yeah, it was, a huge, uh, it was a huge victory for the Constitution. We've had systemic racism in this country for decades where Democrats have taken away opportunities from poor, more qualified Asian kids and given college slots to elitist black kids, to Barack Obama's kids instead of more qualified poor Asian kids. How is that uh, racial equality in this country? It's not. It's coming to an end. If Democrats actually cared about equality in this country, they would actually give poor black kids uh, educational opportunity, school choice in kindergarten through 12th grade instead of giving elite black kids voucher, uh, or excuse me, uh, giving elite black kids uh, these uh, handouts to the exclusion of of poor, more qualified Asian kids in college. These college slots should be based on merit and not your your skin pigments. What what type of impact is it going to have, do you believe, not just in the education level, but do you think this will go into the rest of affirmative action and other areas, or is this the linchpin of the whole system? No, it's, I mean, this, this is critically important, but remember the Marxist left over the last several years, have, they have built this DEI industry, diversity, equity, and inclusion industry, and they have it all over academia, all over corporate America. They're even in the damn military. That's, that's how good these are. That, that's how subversive these Marxists are. We need, to sustep, we need to make it a sustained effort to find and destroy the, these D, DEI Marxist offices everywhere they are, because that, that is blatant racial discrimination. This is Marxism. These Democrats don't care about race. These same Democrats who are saying that they care about, you know, cheering diversity are trying to impeach and chase Clarence Thomas off the Supreme Court like they've, like they've tried to do for the last 32 years. This is about power for them. They're using black people in their pursuit of power. They're exploiting black people in their pursuit of power. Mike, in um, in your Twitter feed, I noticed that you were going off and you were very upset about the situation that continues about uh, Catholic um, monks, Catholic priests being rounded up, uh, you know, sent to trial and, and, uh, and, and put in prison now, given six month, one year prison sentences for um, trying to preach the gospel around abortion centers and uh, and trying to protect these pregnancy centers that are out there. G- give us your thoughts on that, because it takes uh, it, you. You are very good at picking fights that matter. Walk yeah, us this, through what's going on here. Yeah, it's outrageous what Bi- the Biden Justice Department is doing here. It's Attorney General Merrick Garland, Deputy Attorney General Lisa Monaco, Associate Attorney General Vanita Gupta, and uh, Assistant Attorney General for Civil Rights Kristen Clark. They are a, uh, they are protecting. The abortion industry, the Democrats' uh, main funders, and they're going after Catholics and other Christians. And it is very blatant. They let a trans terrorist destroy a Catholic church, fight with a Catholic priest, terrorize 
a little old lady praying in a church out in Washington and recommended no jail time for this trans terrorist. Zero jail time. They, they tried to throw this father in prison for like 11 years for getting into a scuffle with an abortion activist who was messing with his son while he was protesting outside of an abortion clinic. And now they have this Catholic priest in the Eastern District of New York who was protesting out of an outside of an abortion clinic. He locked the gate so people couldn't get in. Yeah, sure, that's bad, but they're trying to put him in jail for six months for this while they let BLM and Antifa terrorize American cities, firebomb the Portland courthouse on a nightly basis, burn churches, terrorize, illegally obstruct justice by terrorizing Supreme Court justices and their families outside of their homes. We have a weaponized, politicized and weaponized justice system in the Biden Justice Department where they're going after Catholics, they're going after Christians, they're going after Trump supporters, they're going after conservative Supreme Court justices while they give amnesty to their dirtbag followers, President Biden, his scumbag son, Hunter, these Antifa and BLM terrorists, these Planned Parenthood activists. We cannot have this. The next step for these, for, for, for Jim Jordan and Comer and the House Oversight crew is to haul in these officials and make them explain Move for, move for impeachment against these people. This is unacceptable what they're doing. They are going to war against Catholics and Christians in this country. You said there because there's this new, particularly since McCarthy had the slip up the other day, there's all this activity, whether it's going to be Mallorcas, whether it's going to be Garland, even Biden. I mean, there's the, the, the churn on this thing is huge. Are you saying, I just want to make sure the audience understands, you're saying even though in addition to everything else on Hunter Biden, you think there's enough here on this uh, on this uh, application of uh, show of force against Catholic priests and against uh, uh, people that are praying the rosary outside of abortion centers versus what they're doing to these others. You think that that should have an inquiry also for Lisa Monica and uh, Garland and his chain of command over justice? A absolutely. They, they have violated their oaths for equal protection of the law. They are... You, they are weaponizing the Department of Justice to go after their political enemies while they protect their political bosses and political friends. This is unacceptable how much Garland has weaponized the Justice Department, along with all of his deputies that we just described. They absolutely, we need to take off the gloves on the right. Enough is enough. They pushed us too far. It's time to take off the gloves and fight back legally and politically. And we need to hold them accountable. And that, that accountability is through impeachment. And I've said this about Kevin McCarthy. Look, if he does not, if he does not lead aggressive oversight here, if we do not open impeachment inquiries here, if he does not cut spending through the appropriations process, if he does not have appropriations writers that ends the left's madness like transgender surgeries on kids and prisoners, if that does not happen, then you should throw him overboard. But let him get this done. Get, let's give him the running room to get this done and let, let's see if he can deliver the results. I have a feeling based upon conversations that, that I've had with some key people lately, it's going to happen. So I think we need to give them the running room to let that happen. Just want to make sure I got this down uh, because uh, your word around here is holy writ. Uh, besides Lisa Monica, give me the other two names because I want to make sure the posse, we, we will uh, make these people famous. Who are the two others that you think, along with Garland and Lisa? Lisa Monica. Lisa Monica comes up in every story we do now. I mean, it's amazing. Her name's popped up 25 times in the last two or three weeks. Who are the other two? Let me give you plenty of names. It's Merrick Garland. It's Lisa Monaco. 
It's Vanita Gupta. It's Kristen Clark. It's FBI Director Chris Wray. And it's all of these scumbag U.S. attorneys around the country who allow this to happen. There's the David Weiss in Delaware. There's, uh, there, there's the guy in D.C. There's the guy in the Central, Central District of California who protected the Bidens. There are so many that we can go after. There's the guy who recommended no jail time in Washington for, for the trans terrorist who, who attacked a Catholic church and an old lady and a priest and zero jail time. That's the, you know, that, that is a federal crime for, for what that guy did. They're gonna throw a Catholic priest in jail for padlocking an abortion clinic. They're gonna throw him in jail for six months, but do nothing for this trans terrorist who attacked a Catholic church. Catholic churches are being torched all over the country. Do you think that that's a coincidence? These are terrorists, these are left-wing terrorists attacking Catholic churches and not a damn thing happens. Just imagine if one abortion clinic burned in this country, it would be an outcry by the Biden Justice Department. They are going to war against the Catholic church. They let their crazy activists terrorize Supreme Court justices and their families and their homes. We are at war with these people and people need to wake up and understand this. Mike Davis, how do people uh, get to your site, uh, Article 3, and how they follow you on all your social media? It's article3project.org, article3project.org. You can donate there at article3project, at article3project on Getter, Twitter, Truth, and my personal is at M-R-D-D-M-I-A, M-R-D-D-M-I-A. And just to be clear here, everything we do needs to be peaceful, political, by the books, through the law, uh, and uh, don't don't walk into any traps by the Democrats, including the Biden Justice Department, by even pretending that you're going to be violent. Mike Davis, thank you. Thank you for changing your schedule to be on here. Appreciate it. Thank you, Steve. Short commercial break. We're going to return. we got Cynthia Hughes next in the war room. Well, Congress once again allowed itself to be pushed into appeasing the administration and raising the debt ceiling for the 79th time, paving the way for continued reckless spending and further devaluation of the U.S. dollar. As our national debt continues to skyrocket, how are you protecting your savings? Times like these are a great reminder to diversify a portion of your savings into gold. And you can do that with the help of Birch Gold. Here's the easiest way to do it. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold, and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. As BRICS, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa band together against the dollar, more and more central banks are diversifying. You know what they're buying. Gold. Follow their lead. Text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898 
for your free info kit on gold. There's no obligation, just information. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands of happy customers, Birch Gold can help protect your savings, too. Text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898. Do it today. Follow the central banks of the BRICS. Take action, 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 and take that action today. When's the last time you checked the legal title to your home? Why? Because most victims of home title theft don't know they're a victim until it's too late, like this homeowner. She pulled onto her street and saw a bulldozer demolishing her home. Her lifelong home was being torn down right before her eyes. She was the victim of a devastating crime called home title theft. A criminal had forged his way onto the deed to her home and sold it. Now the new owner was tearing it down for a rebuild. This is why I say, if you own a home or property, get home title lock. Your home, your property, and the equity in it are your most valuable assets. It's, it's estimated that 80 to 90% of the net worth of the average American is tied up in, the ho- in their home equity. And home title lock helps you protect them. Home title lock puts a 24-7, 365-day-a-year shield around your home's title. The instant they detect activity or tampering, they help shut it down fast. First things first. You need to verify you aren't already the victim of home title theft. Find out for free with a sign-up when you use promo code Bannon at HomeTitleLock.com. That's promo code Bannon at HomeTitleLock.com. And when you sign up, your first 30 days of protection are free. Do this today at HomeTitleLock.com. Take action, action, action. HomeTitleLock.com, promo code Bannon. Did you know that the current cell phone towers only reach 7% of the Earth's surface? And if you're out of that range, or if the grid is down, how will you contact your loved ones? Think about that, 7% of the Earth's surface. That's why you absolutely need a satellite phone. With your satellite phone, if you can see the sky, you can make a call. It's got 100% global coverage, ensuring you're always within reach. Your calls are secure and private, and no one's eavesdropping. Even the U.S. military trusts these phones to communicate securely. Your text messages? Encrypted. Only the intended recipient can read them. Everything you do with this phone is 100% private and 100% secure. Right now, Satellite Phone Store is giving you a free Iridium 95555 satellite phone with a two-year plan if you go to sat123.com slash Bannon right now, that is sat123.com slash Bannon right now. That's a free Iridium 9555 satellite phone. You want to include your family? This exclusive offer also includes family plans. What's more, each phone comes with a free Garmin watch, the ultimate companion to keep you connected wherever you go. Now visit sat123.com slash Bannon and use code Steve50 at checkout for free activation or dial the following number 1-941-955-1020 to snag your free Iridium 9555 satellite phone today. That's sat123.com slash Bannon code Steve50. Take action. Do it today.
War Room Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon. Davis, uh, for uh, changing things around to be on here, very, very important, particularly on the day, not just a major Supreme Court announcement, but also this issue about these investigations and, and, and this war that DOJ uh, has and the FBI has uh, against MAGA. Nobody needs to know that better. Nobody knows that better than Cynthia Hughes of Patriot Freedom Project. Cynthia, you guys had a very big um, event last week uh, at Bedminster. Tell me about it. Get us up to speed on what happened and the president's involvement. Okay. So, uh, as always, thank you for having me, Steve. Um, So, we had a fundraiser at Trump Bedminster. Uh, We had 26 uh, January 6th families there. Um, We had the great Jeff Clark. We had the great Alex Brusewitz as speakers. And we had the great, great Louis Gohmert come in and speak uh, to the families and for the families. And uh, and President Trump did grace us with his, um, you know, with his presence. Uh, We had a special pop in by Mike Lindell. Um, But let me tell you, when President Trump came into that room, uh, you would have thought that he put a pot of gold into those kids' hands. They were so excited to see him. He was in really just in great spirits, President Trump. He was so happy. Um, You know, he came up, he spoke to everybody, he addressed the crowd. And then he had the kids come up on uh, the podium and stand with him. He took pictures with the kids. Uh, We went into a private cocktail room with the president and uh, all the families came in and he gave them encouragement. And, and, you know, Steve, this is all in despite of what he is dealing with and what he is facing. And he still lifted up these families, gave them encouragement, you know, reminded them that, you know, to keep fighting, that he's fighting, uh, you know, for them. And, uh, and that when he is back in the White House, he will be looking at pardons very, very closely. He said it will be the first order of business for him. Talk to me about get us up to speed on the on the status of, of the families, the the suits, all of that. But particularly, uh, I was able to because I was doing the worm king get up there in person. But I was able to give a, a couple minute video and really focused on uh, the sons. And I, I don't think our audience understands that. Talk to us about where the status of these families are that are as much victims here as uh, as some of the people that uh, have been incarcerated are still waiting for their trials. Yeah. Yeah, um, you know that that you know that's always been the big thing for me is the is the families and and especially the children. You know we have to we have to help these kids weather this trauma in their life, and that's what I really focus on. And um, you know, and I see the kids all the time. I go around the country and I meet with these families, and I'll tell you, it makes a difference. And you sending that video, Steve, I have to tell you, some of those kids, you know what they said to me? It was like it was like meeting their idol. That's what they said. Okay, Um, they need that encouragement. They need to be lifted up. Three of the boys that were there, three of the teenage boys that were there are the sons of Rachel Powell. Rachel Powell is a J6 defendant. Uh, She's from Pennsylvania. She's been on house arrest, home confinement for two years now. Can't even go outside of her house. Has to ask permission to go to a doctor appointment with any of her children. Her youngest child is six years old. She just had a bench trial about uh, seven or eight weeks ago. Do you know she still didn't get her verdict? She got no verdict after her rent trial, you know, uh, nearly two months ago. She's facing the, the famous obstruction of an official proceeding charge, and she's looking at several years in prison. What do we tell her six-year-old daughter? How do we, how do we justify this? You know, Rachel broke a window. There's no, you know, getting around it. It's, it's like the elephant in the room. She broke a window. She's 
very sorry for it. You'll never hear from her again. She will never act like that again. She doesn't have a criminal history. And yet this DOJ, this prosecution wants to put a woman like that behind bars for five years or more. It's really sick. And how do you not give somebody a verdict after after trial? This is what we're seeing. Mike Davis was spot on in everything that he said. And it's not, you know, it's the DOJ, it's the prosecutions, and it's the judges, Steve. Talk to me also about uh, the FBI has announced, or they're, they're going, they're looking to roll up another thousand people. Am I correct in that? What they put out, they're looking yes. at another thousand people to arrest and to bring to trial? Yes, that is, that is correct. And we're, we're seeing arrests every single day now. So, um, and you know, Steve, listen, I get, after I come on, you know, your show or I do other shows, you know, people will write to me and they'll say, you know, you're always asking for money. You, you know, that's all you care about. Well, it is because, you know, there's a lot to do here. You're talking, you know, needing uh, appeals attorneys, lawyers for sentencing, lawyers for criminal trials. You have all these new defendants. You're talking about paying for travel for families to come in uh, to DC, not just for uh, a trial or a sentencing, but you're bringing families in here every time there's a status hearing. Every time, you know, there's some kind of change in the case, these, they're doing everything in person now. So if you've got somebody living in California, Wyoming, Wisconsin, wherever, you know, that family's got to come up with the money to travel to DC. You're talking plane tickets or, you know, uh, bus tickets, train tickets, gas money if they decide to drive. Then you have to put them up here in, a, in an Airbnb or in, you know, a hotel. We've spent a lot of these funds helping the families in that manner. And we're still paying rent and we're still paying mortgage. We're still helping when it's back to school time. Um, you know, we're doing everything that we can. We've been very good with the funds that we've raised. Um, you know, we had a great audit. We passed our audit. Everything went, went really well. We've done very good things with this money, but we're running low and we need to see more donations. What, um, how many people are, are, are in, can you just give us some basic math so the, the people can understand how many are incarcerated, how many still writing trial, and there's still a thousand, I think, I guess, to be arrested according to DOJ, but how many are actually incarcerated today and how many are still waiting trial? So you, you have, you know, just about 1,100 people now that are caught up in this that have already been, you know, arrested, charged, and indicted. Of that number, you have just over 300 or maybe just under 300 people that are behind bars. And those people that are behind bars are not just people that have been convicted. You know, it's people that are still waiting uh, pretrial detention. It's not a lot of people waiting pretrial detention, but the majority of people that are behind bars are waiting, you know, maybe to solidify their, their plea deal. They're awaiting sentencing. Um, and you do have people that have already, you know, gone through the adjudication process and are, you know, serving their time now. Like my nephew, Tim. Tim has been in jail now for two and a half years. He was sentenced to 48 months and uh, he should be coming home here very, very soon, likely by the end of the summer, Steve. But you know what, it doesn't end there because you know he's gonna be facing three years of supervised release, just like many, all of these defendants are gonna be facing that. I mean, think about it, right? A man who's never been in trouble before, who didn't have violent crimes on the day of January 6th, wasn't convicted of a violent crime, wasn't convicted of any kind of assault, and he's gonna to have to you know, be in jail all this time and then go into a halfway house and then be under, you know, under the thumb of this DOJ for the next three years of his life. I, 
I, there's no words to describe any longer what is happening to the American people, specifically people that support President Trump. I can tell you, spending time with President Trump um, in the manner that I have, the few times I've been around him, his energy is it's it's large and in charge, Steve, okay? They are not going to make this man break a sweat. He didn't do anything wrong. He is not responsible for anybody who went to the Capitol and committed an act of violence. That is on the person who did it. There are many people that did bad things that day, but I'll tell you, he is very committed to, as, as he puts it, making the, you know, the people that came out to the Capitol on January 6th, making them whole. And that, you know, he's going to he's going to look at pardons very, very closely. That's the only president, the only candidate running for president, the presidency who has uh, said that he would look at pardons. You don't hear anybody else in this country, Steve, whether they're running for Congress, running for the Senate, running for the presidency, who is going to commit to looking at what really happened on January 6th and how to help these people that are languishing behind bars. What about the um, what are the family's positions on the footage? All the footage hasn't really been promulgated yet. There's still this big controversy about the footage. You know, Tucker got a part of it, but you could tell the Murdoch shutting down after the first night. There's all this controversy about the footage. Where, where, where do you guys stand on when you see everything out there and having a real J6 investigation right wherever the chips would fall? If it would reinforce yeah. some of the some of the sentences or some of the trials of some of the people that have already passed through and are in, incarcerated today or whatever. Where, where, what's the family's position on all this, on getting to the bottom of what really happened? Frustration. Very, very frustrated. But I will tell you, the families trust Julie Kelly. They trust her. They know that Julie will do the right thing. And we know that Julie is, you know, reviewing video and she's going to be releasing some, uh, some of her, uh, you know, stellar reporting here very soon. Um, and I think we have to, you know, we have to, you know, give Julie, you know, a chance. I mean, we know Julie's been on top of this from day one. She has been the stellar reporter on this entire thing. So, I mean, I trust Julie and I know that there, we're going to hear some very good stuff here very soon. And she's not the only one. There's a few people that are that are looking at the video. But I want to tell you something, Steve. Um, in the case of Julian Cater, do you know, I don't know if you know the case of Julian Cater. So Julian Cater was accused of, um, you know, bludgeoning uh, Officer Brian Sicknick with a fire extinguisher, right, which we know turned out not to be true. And, um, you know, he was basically, you know, held a as a cop killer, as a murderer. So um, Julian was sentenced to 81 months in prison after he took a, a plea deal. Um, and he took a plea deal because he was so fearful he would go to jail for, you know, the rest of his life. Um, at the day of his sentencing, you know, you had 100 Capitol Police officers at his sentencing. You had the mother and the brothers of Officer Sicknick, and it's tragic what happened to him. Nobody wanted to see, you know, anybody, uh, you know, die that day. But anybody, the only person that was murdered that day, we know is, uh, you know, uh, Ashley Babbitt. But in any event, um, when Tucker Carlson released that video, do you know how profound that video could have been in Julian's case? when the plea deal was being negotiated or when he went to sentencing, it showed Officer Brian Sicknick walking around inside the rotunda all over the Capitol and he was in perfect health and perfect condition. He was not bludgeoned. There wasn't a mark on him. If that video had been available to Julian's legal team, we might have had a different outcome for Julian. And now Julian is being sued for $10 million. 
uh, along with President Trump and George Tanios, um, on the uh, the recent civil suit by Officer Sicknick's former girlfriend. I mean, where do we draw the line here? Where's the grown-up, Steve? And when do we put a stop to this madness? I mean, where are the people in Congress? Why are they not doing anything? Is that the sense of the families that people in Congress are just taking a total pass on this? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, listen, there are some Congress members that, that have stepped up and have done, you know, Louie Gohmert and, and MTG. And, and, and um, I think that was just the two of them that went into the jail, you know, back in 21. Um, you know, and Louie stayed on yep. top of it. He had a press conference last year where, you know, several of the Congress members, you know, stood with Patriot Freedom Project and, and several of the families. But and we did have that that little hearing, you know, last week. And, um, you know, speaking with Julie, Julie was very impressed with it and very happy with the turnout. Jerry's testimony was, you know, point on point. And Ed Martin's testimony, Jeff Clark's testimony was, you know, stellar. But we need more, Steve. If we don't win on January 6th, we're going to be in real trouble in this country. And there's not enough being done in Congress or in the Senate. Uh, where do people go to find out more about all this? I know you've got laid out on your site. Where do they go? What, how do they find out more about this? How do they find out more about the families? How do they find out more about the cases? How do they find out more about how they participate? Well, you could, you know, go to PatriotFreedomProject.com. You can, you know, c contact me through there. I talk to everybody, Steve. I really do. I take everybody's call. I answer all the emails. Um, I'm very open and transparent with everybody. So you can go to PatriotFreedomProject.com. You can follow me on Twitter. You can follow me on Truth. Um, and you can also go to DueProcessDenied.org. You can go there and you could see uh, the first part in our docu-series that Alex Brusewitz um, produced through X Strategies. And, um, you know, you could see uh, the segment with Jeff Clark in, in part one. Uh, it's it's very informative and uh, we, we hope that you will support it. One more time, where do people go and what is your social media? OK, you can find me on Twitter, Patriot Freedom Project. You can find me on Truth, Patriot Freedom Project, PatriotFreedomProject.com, DoeProcessDenied.org. Cynthia, keep fighting. We know you will. Look forward to having you back here. I think we're trying to schedule uh, Bruce Witch so we can see some of that film uh, on the war room and people can get in back of it. So thank you very much. Honored to have you on here. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. Let's play. I want to play the. Uh, I want to play the uh, the trailer from the movie. I want to talk about uh, Sound of Freedom since we're talking about people being incarcerated. Let's talk about Sound of Freedom. How that make you feel? Giving a child his freedom. Tell good. You have been at this for 12 years. My country tis of thee. Why are you doing it? Because God's children are not for sale. It is the fastest growing international crime network that the world has ever seen. For Homeland Security, you know we can't go off rescuing Honduran kids in Colombia. This job tears you to pieces. And, my and this is my one chance to put those pieces back together. And yet somehow, you have failed to bring me one real world lead. It's over, Tim. 
those up and come back home. So you quit your job and you go and rescue those kids. South of that river, it's all rebel territory. No one goes in. What if this was your daughter? So, she's gone. Sound of freedom. Sound of Freedom is one of those films that can legitimately change this world. So we want to ignite a fire in audiences and open their eyes to the dark reality of millions of children that need our help. Let's make this film a historic event and the start, the end of child trafficking. Theaters across this country are already selling out. Pre-order your tickets today, and you can send the message that God's children are no longer for sale. I've had the, I've had the honor of uh, knowing Jim Caviezel for almost 20 years, and um, I've known Eduardo for, I don't know, 15 or 16 Eduardo Vestage is the is a very famous uh, Mexican film star and uh, television star, media figure, and uh, he's the producer of this film. Um, Jim, as you know, doesn't get involved in a ton of projects, but when he gets involved in the project, they're always of the highest quality, and uh, and they become kind of global phenomenon. These two guys who are as good a men as I've ever met have dedicated about eight years of their life from the conception of this and to the, to the financing of it, the production of it. And it's a magnificent, magnificently made film, just the craftsmanship. Of it. Then after it took them years to get it done and Jim starring in it and just incredibly a powerful story of Tim Ballard's uh, life, the former DHS child trafficking agent, the, um, and I met these guys almost like two, three years ago. Uh, and the, the film, I said, hey, this film could be a blockbuster. And the studio suppressed it. And you have to ask the question, why did they suppress it? Why, why have so many people gone out of their way not to see this film? Well, Angel um, Studios, and you go to angel.com right now, War Room, to get your tickets. And we need to fill these theaters to send Hollywood a message. That's why it's coming out. It's very risky what they're doing. Over holiday weekend, and people know, Fourth of July is when you get the popcorn movies. People have been waiting for this new um, episode or installment of the Indiana Jones. Uh, they've also got the Tom Cruise and sandwich in between. You've got, I don't know, 3,000, 3,500 screens of um, Sound of Freedom. And it is to send a message that Hollywood made a massive mistake, a massive mistake when they try to suppress this film. What Jim and Edward are trying to do is start a movement. The movement is how you've got to stop the trafficking of the children Remember, this is children trafficked for sex. You got to stop that. And there's got to stop the production of it, the industrial process that, that, that is the supply side, but it's the demand side that will also freak you out. And it's got to be stopped. The demand side of people here in the United States of America. 
people in the United States of America, your country, your beloved country, as we go into this Patriots weekend, right? So make sure you go to angel.com slash warm. You will not be disappointed. We're looking forward to the feedback. We're going to have some specials next week to actually get that. Okay. Um, tomorrow morning, 10 o'clock, I will commit to you. And hey, am I living up to my commitments? These shows are on fire as they should be. There's so much going on. Remember, it's the 30 front war. But it all is determined about and by your agency. So I want to thank everybody, the War Room Posse, for uh, watching, for listening in, for going on our chat rooms, for supporting our sponsors, for all of it. It is upon you that the future of this republic, that's on your shoulders, that it all rests. And remember, those shoulders are pretty broad. And they've handled some pretty tough things throughout the history. The people that you represent today, those generations that have come before us of the deplorables. See you tomorrow morning, 10 o'clock. We're going to be back in the world. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out.